All right, good morning. We are jumping back into our beautiful Fences series uh, discussing the Holy Spirit this morning. Um, and, and I thought when I was thinking about the Holy Spirit, I was thinking about kind of those unseen influences that we have in our lives. And so I thought about a story a while ago when we were doing the Prayer Warriors program here where you, an adult was matched with a student, and the intent behind it was you were to pray for the kid, you were to encourage the kid. Um, at times you would do gifts for the kids, which when they got me, they were disappointed. Um, but you would, you would do kind of a couple of things where you would have kind of an, an unseen influence in a student's life. And one year I was paired with one student, and as I describe it, you'll probably figure out who the kid is, but um, he would sometimes sit in the back in the windowsill. And so one Sunday morning, uh, I'm coming into worship, and he's bebopping in front of me, and he, he stops by the windowsill, and he says, Mr. Bryce, can I talk to you for a second? And I was like, you know, bring it down, but yeah, okay, what do you, what do you got, buddy? And he said, I need to know if you were praying for me last week at 3 p.m. Now, I have no idea what I was doing that week at 3 p.m. Was I praying for the kid? Maybe. Was I? Probably not. But I said, what do you mean? And he said, what, 3 p.m. last Tuesday, I felt somebody praying for me. And I was like, well, man, you know, I just, I did kind of what most adults do. I just lied to the kid. And I was like, yeah, it was me. You felt it. That was, you know, that's what they pay me here for. But and we had this conversation about, I was like, what do you mean? And he just goes like, just, there was a period at, on Tuesday afternoon that I just felt like somebody was thinking about me, that somebody was encouraging me, that somebody was praying for me. And I thought about that a lot, that I shouldn't have lied to the kid, first off, but more so of those like unseen influences that we have in our lives. Now, maybe you've had somebody throughout your life that has done something like that for you. Like for me, that was my grandmother. My grandmother, it was salt of the earth, one of the nicest, kindest individuals that you'll ever meet. And, and when she passed, it was one of those devastating moments in my life. But when she was alive, she was like a sponge of learning. She wanted to know everything about God that she could. She went to church every time the doors were open, like that's who my grandmother was. And so when I went to Harding and kind of unintentionally became a Bible major on accident, but when I went to Harding, we would talk all the time on the phone. So like in between classes, I would call my grandmother. We would just chat. But my grandmother wanted to know, like, what class did you just leave? Or what did you just study? And then I would tell her, like, hey, this is what we talked about in class. And, and this is what we did. Or this is the project that we were working on. And then it eventually got to this point to where she would say, okay, when do you have an exam? And I'd be like, oh, next Tuesday. And she was like, I need to know the time of your exam. And I was like, Grandma, are you going to help me with, you know, like, what are you doing here? And what it, what I out later on when I asked her about it, well, she said, I wanted to pray for you at that exact time so you would know that somebody was with you. Now, there were some exams, if you looked at it, I, maybe grandma forgot to pray, or, or, or maybe, you know, maybe she got busy. I don't know. I was like, you know, grandma, I didn't feel your presence when I was taking that exam. But the, the impact of that unseen influence in my life meant the world to me. And I carry that with me now, even, th even though she has passed knowing that she cared that much, that she had that impact on me, that influence. And we see that when we have a conversation this morning about the Holy Spirit, this unseen influence that God allows to be in our lives that has an amazing impact on who we can be and how God is shaping us every single day through the Holy Spirit 
if we partner with and work with the Holy Spirit. And so this morning what I want to do is start kind of where you start with Bible conversations in Genesis and weave through Genesis, kind of the Old Testament a little bit, then the New Testament, and then talk about where the Holy Spirit is leading us. Now Francis Chan, a popular speaker, preacher, once identified the Holy Spirit as the forgotten God. And I think that's a pretty accurate way to title the Holy Spirit kind of in our world. Because we, we know God, we know Jesus, but sometimes the Holy Spirit is the kind of the element, the tr- part of the Trinity that gets the short end of the stick, right? It, it's one that is often forgotten or left outside, but it's part of it. It's part of God. As God flows into the Father, as God flows into the Son, the Son flows into the Holy Spirit, and it's this Trinity aspect that is crucial. They work together and they're essential in understanding where God is leading us and directing us. And so this morning, I want to start in Genesis. Now, when we talked about God's reign, we talked about how God's nature was to create, was to build. Now, that has influenced our kind of element of humanity to create and to build. But there's also an element of, of sin that we see in Genesis. So let's go to Genesis chapter 3 to start off. It's a story that we're all probably familiar with. In Genesis chapter 3, you have this dialogue between Adam and Eve and the serpent. You're familiar with the story of the fall, where uh, the serpent is basically like, you want to try this apple? They're like, hey, we've, or fruit, excuse me, but you've, uh, I'm biblically accurate, but you want to try this fruit? Adam and Eve are like, no, we shouldn't do this. God's told us not to. And then in verse 4, you will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Now, I've read a lot of the Bible, and I still believe that the realization that one is naked has to be one of the most terrifying passages in all of Scripture. But that's where Adam and Eve find themselves at. But aside from that joke that didn't land, I'll admit it, but aside from that, what we see in this passage is a void of God's Spirit. It's not present here. What's happening here is kind of selfish, purpose-driven desires of Adam and Eve. where They, they want to be equal to God. They're not seeking God's judgment. They're not seeking God's wisdom. At this point in the history of creation, what they are doing are following their own selfish desires. And I bring this up when we talk about a conversation of God's Spirit and His influence to show what it looks like when there is a void of God's Holy Spirit in the world. It's selfish. It's it's driven by our own desires and nature. Adam and Eve are chasing something that God is saying, hey, this is not good for you. It's because God's Spirit is not present. Now, one of the passages that we've been using for our dwelling in the Word passage is from Ezekiel. Because this, to me, shows what it's like when we, we recognize that we need God's Spirit in our life, the Holy Spirit at work. Ezekiel 36, and we've read this a few times already this month, reads, For I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. Michelle Wilson comments recently that there's so much baptism language, this this renewal, this idea that God work. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. 
and I'll put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Do you see what's happening in this story here in Ezekiel? That God is at work in these people, in their hearts. But God just doesn't renew, he empowers. He instills within them something that will drive them, that will change them, that will make them better. They're not doing it on their own. They have this unseen influence in their life of the Spirit of God resting over these people as they move forward and proceed in their lives. I've looked at this passage a lot recently, and I just keep finding new elements of it that encourage me, that challenge me. And the one that I'm landing on this morning is that like, when God changes us, changes us, He doesn't abandon us. He prepares us and equips us to move forward. And that's exactly what God is doing here in Ezekiel. He's saying, I'm going to make you new. I'm going to cleanse you from your old ways. You will be new. You will be better. And not only that, I will instill with you, in you a spirit that will prepare you for what is ahead. So the Holy Spirit, it's not something that is just old and, and mystical or however you want to describe it, but it's something that is intentional, that's necessary, and that's beneficial to us. Verse 28, then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors. You will be my people, and I will be your God. Moving ahead to verse 33, this is what the sovereign Lord says. When on the day I cleanse you from all your sins, I will resettle your towns, and the ruins will be rebuilt. The desolate land will be cultivated instead of lying desolate in the sight of all who pass through it. They will say, this land that was laid waste has become like the Garden of Eden. The cities that were laying in ruins, desolate and destroyed, are now fortified and inhabited. Then the nations around you that will remain, that remain will know that I, the Lord, have built what was destroyed and have replanted what was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken, and I will do it. Do you see that all of this starts when the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, becomes present in the lives of these people? The only way that this is going to occur is if they are working alongside God, allowing the Holy Spirit to work through their lives to rebuild what is broken, to restore what has been destroyed. But it's the partnership there that you see. And the, the Old Testament kind of element shows us some of these elements of the Holy Spirit working. But we can actually go into the New Testament too. In John chapter 16, Jesus talks about this to his disciples. He says, I did not tell you this from the beginning because I was with you, but now I'm going to him who sent me. None of you ask, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Now think about that real quick. If you're a disciple of Jesus, you've spent time with Jesus, you've invested your life with Jesus, you've given up everything that you have, your stability, your comfort to follow Jesus. And now what Jesus is doing is saying, hey, I'm going to leave. And Jesus says, like, you're, none of you are asking where you're going. Like, you're just, you're sad that I'm leaving. Verse 7, but very truly I tell you, it is good for you that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Here we have kind of the insertion of the Holy Spirit in relationship with Jesus. And Jesus is saying something powerful that, that is necessary in understanding the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus is saying, have to get out of the way for the Holy Spirit to come. Now, I know that you're worried that, that I'm leaving you. I mean, this is Jesus talking to the disciples. I know that you're afraid. I know that you're worried about any talk of me not being here, but I have to leave in order for the advocate for the Holy Spirit to be present. 
It's in the same way that you see in Ezekiel, right? What are you saying? Hey, I've got to create something new in you that will help you, that will guide you, that will show you new ways and new understandings. Verse 8, when he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and about judgment. About sin, because people do not believe me. About righteousness, because I'm going to be with the Father. Where you, can see, uh, <clears throat> where you can see me no longer. About judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. The Holy Spirit here is providing clarity and understanding. Recently, a few, probably about a month or so ago, it feels like two weeks, but I think it was about a month ago, Rachel Henry walked up to me in the back and said, I have a gift for Judah. Can I give this to him? Not, did not know what the gift was. But we're, you know, we're fun people. We're like, go right ahead. And what it was, was a binder of all of Ryland's old Pokemon cards. Um, I don't know if Ryland wants me talking about his Pokemon collection, but I will. They're they're on this week. But um, it was a Pokemon binder that was just filled with cards. And Judah doesn't, didn't really have an understanding of Pokemon up until this point. But friends, the revolution of Pokemon in our world over the last few weeks is is unheard of. Um, I'm talking cards constantly, games, videos, all of it. And I find myself at, like, at dinner when Judah is like, did you know that this animal transforms into this animal and this one does this? I have no clarity. I have no understanding. I'm like, Holy Spirit, explain to me what this kid is talking about. Right? Have you been in those moments where you're like, I have no idea what's going on. I need, I need help. I need clarity. I need answers. And what Jesus is saying is there's a moment that is coming in your lives where you're going to say, what do we do? We have, we have questions, Jesus, and you're not going to be here. And Jesus is saying, hey, something coming, something that's coming is far better than me. But for that thing to come, for that Holy Spirit to be present, I have to leave. And continuing in, verse, in, chapter, in John 16, let's go to the next one, Miles. But when, he, but when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the, all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. He will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. It's that idea that the Father pours into the Son, the Son pours into the Holy Spirit. Together, the Trinity is at work together to change, to transform, to provide answers, to provide clarity. And we see in the Great Commission kind of that reinforced as well. When Jesus, uh, this, in verse 28, Miles, I'm sorry, yes, perfect. Matthew 28, then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of age. Again, that idea that the Trinity is at work together. The Holy Spirit is present. It is empowering. It is encouraging. It is providing clarity and hope. You see the Holy Spirit at work in the early church as well. In Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. The early church begins, it's activated when the Holy Spirit becomes present in the lives of those who are following God. It it releases something in them that frees them 
It encourages them. It empowers them. It provides them with the knowledge to move forward and to do something that they were probably terrified to do, to start something new. But all of a sudden, they're not alone, right? When Jesus says, like, I've got to leave so that something better can come. They no longer are abandoned by Jesus, but now they are empowered by the Holy Spirit. Now, Paul talks about this too. Paul talks about this in Galatians chapter 5. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other. That you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now there's a a different way of interpreting this that that I really like. Because we're, we're getting a lot of kind of legalese. This idea that we are under some law, this establishment. But really what Paul is saying is if you are following the Spirit, if you are led by the Spirit, your life looks like it's free. Because God is empowering you. God is changing you. God is releasing you to live under the Holy Spirit. It's a new freeing experience that can only happen if we trust what God is doing through the Holy Spirit in our lives. And Paul is leaning into this. This idea of the importance and the impact of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And let's do one more verse. In Romans chapter 8, Paul writes this to the church of Rome. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ... They do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. Like I, I mentioned at the beginning of this, that the Holy Spirit is often referred to as the forgotten God. And it's such a, a sad element of kind of the state of where the church is that we ignore the impact of the Holy Spirit. Because what we see throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament is the Holy Spirit is, is at work. is doing amazing things in our life if we trust where God is leading us with the Holy Spirit. What Paul is saying is the Holy Spirit gives life. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he, ra- he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. I've loved looking at the Holy Spirit because it's not a conversation that we have a ton in church. But what we see throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament is the Holy Spirit is not something just for the Bible, but it's something that is continuing to empower us today. And so this week, this is my challenge as you reflect on the Holy Spirit. Because I believe the Holy Spirit is at work in each of us. And it looks different for each of us because I think God recognizes our personalities and our passions. And so this week, if you're in a moment or an opportunity comes in front of you of service, and we, we talked about this a little bit in class, like maybe you see somebody that is on the street asking for money or food or whatever. If all of a sudden when you're in that moment and you can feel like your heart being directed in a moment, like I think that's the Holy Spirit at work in you. Of God saying, hey, maybe show this person compassion. Maybe it's a smile. Maybe it's a dollar. Maybe it's a meal. I don't know what it is for you. But if you feel led in those moments, guys, that's the Holy Spirit at work in your heart, leading you, directing you, changing you. Or maybe if you're in the season of like just confusion and you feel like there's a cloud over you and then all of a sudden you feel led in a direction. Like maybe you feel like, man, I know this is the choice that I should, should be making. 
I believe that's the Holy Spirit giving you clarity in that season of confusion or doubt. Or maybe you just had a, a rough time recently and you felt pain and exhaustion and frustration. And then all of a sudden you feel this, this brief moment of, of peace. I believe that's the Holy Spirit working as a comforter in your life. The Holy Spirit is not something that we just see in the Old Testament or something that we see in the New Testament. But the Holy Spirit is still empowering us today. But we as followers of Christ have to be willing to live in that and participate with the Holy Spirit as it works in our lives. Let's stand and sing together.